Hello, and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we discuss entertainment news and review movies, trailers, and TV shows. In today's episode, we'll be looking at the series premiere of the new Disney Plus TV show, Book of Boba. My name is Emmett, and as always, I'm joined by chess grandmaster Ivan. It's Professor Lord Grandmaster. Yeah, you know what? I I never really studied what was that high in the rankings. I'm still as a class D category. You're honorable, think, Ivan. Yes. Esteemed honorable. That's how ah, it goes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other unnecessary adjectives before the actual title. <laughs> Are you a big chess guy? I want to say yeah, because it kind of makes me sound smart, right? But like I'm, I'm not more, a, I'm more of a legs guy. I'm um <laughs> I'm more of a moncolic kind of guy. It's been a while, man. We uh we took the holidays off. We uh we lost we had corrupted files on our Hawkeye episode, so that's never going to be aired. That's going to be a nice little treat for just us. Yeah, definitely the Kingpin's doing, or you know, maybe <laughs> my uh, ISP we had, provider. We, we had predictions to the like to the T, and I think Disney, you know, caught hold of that, got onto our servers, hacked us, and then deleted the files. They probably did. They were like, you know what, your ideas on Kingpin are too grand. Let's just like let's temper expectations here. Yeah, we not only predicted it, we explained how the how to fix that show, and uh, it was clearly not um, not allowed to be aired. You know what? I think it probably is one of those things where it kind of got lost in the mail, kind of thing. You know, like we, you know, it was not meant to be. But maybe, maybe for season two's finale, if there is a season two. God, I hope not. Uh, so why <laughs> don't we do before news? Why don't we just do like a quick two minute? You can spoil or not spoil. I don't really care. Uh, just general thoughts on the series. <laughs> so we we didn't we didn't get to air out episode three, four, uh, and then five and six we were planning to do, and then we realized you know what this series is not as great as we want, so we're just gonna skip it. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Should I go first? Who talks first? I'll kick it off because I basically just said my entire thoughts on the on the All right, series. Go ahead. Uh, it just felt like. It wasn't what I wanted it to be, and I didn't really want that much out of it anyway, but I would have liked, like, a different, uh, either, you know, serve Phase 4 more or clean up some of Phase 3. And it just felt like this weird in-between stage uh, of trying to, like, hand off the reins of Hawkeye, but, like, nobody really cared where those reins were. So I would have liked it better if it was, like, really building up Yelena or, or really introducing, like, Kingpin into, you know this universe that we're used to or if it was like you know show more of phase three where like how did he become the ronin what did he do while he was the ronin like give us some of that stuff i would have liked better uh and yeah i just feel like you know tying it to the holidays makes this really hard for me to be like i'll rewatch this anytime um i just yeah i feel like i've rewatched loki i've rewatched wanda both of those because they serve such a bigger purpose and uh, aren't tied to like a specific time of the year are easy to rewatch. Yeah, I have to agree with I honestly I think from from my perspective I enjoyed the series. I thought it was fun. However, I think ultimately 
it felt inconsequential and, and maybe it was like me putting baggage into it right but i felt like if this was going to be you know kate bishop's show solely i would have been totally cool with it but just don't include clint for that big of a portion and then not do much with him. And it, it kind of did a disservice to Vincent D'Onofrio's previous performance as Kingpin on that show. Um, which, by the way, watch Daredevil. It's great. <laughs> I have started Daredevil. How would yeah. you think so far? I'm only like two or three episodes in, so it's still pretty young, but I'm liking it so far. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I have enough to like give it a full review, but it does seem like yeah. it's going to be a good... It's three seasons, so a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be. But it's got, like, a cool cool like action sequence in every movie or in every episode I like. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, for, you know, for them introducing the Netflix stuff over to Hawkeye, I think Hawkeye was very, very lighthearted compared to the stuff that goes, you know, went on in the Netflix series. Um, so there's a little bit of a disjointed disconnect. I feel like the show ultimately was kind of a little bit of a jumbled mess. There are some really key moments that I liked. Um, yeah. All the interactions between Kate and Yelena I thought were were great. I, I felt like those characters kind of balanced each other off really well. Um, I, I would hope they do something with them in the future. I think they were the standouts for it. Uh, Jeremy Renner's performance as Clint was as good as it can get because I feel like he, he kind of did the best he could do with what he was given. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think, I think it was clear that he was like ready to be done with the, the role as well. Like, it seems it like seems he's like, it. he just had to do this for contract reasons or something. It does seem like it. And also like it leaves his character. Cause I was under the impression that by the end of the show, the reins are fully handed off to Kate and, you know, she's the new Hawkeye. She has his blessing, you know, and all that, but it doesn't look like that's the case at the end of the series. Um, yeah. I kind of read it as like, he was willing to hand the reins off to her and then she realized like this isn't the life that i should or really want to live right so it seems like nobody's gonna be hawkeye which is really weird <laughs> i will I, i'm i'm sure she's going to be like in other projects and all that and i'm looking forward to her character getting some more development but uh yeah i just don't know you know if they come back for a season two they really have to like tighten things up and get you know not get so convoluted with the storytelling either because ultimately, they also introduce, um, you know, Maya's character, Echo, yeah. who's getting her own spinoff show. And quite frankly, just with the performance that we got from this series, I don't have much of an interest in what's going to happen on the Echo Disney Plus show. Like, if that scene between her and Kingpin at the end of the series is any indication of it, I just... Great. <laughs> you know, where do you go from from that? I just I don't know. Like the show had its moments, but I feel like ultimately it's probably the weakest out of the live action stuff uh, yeah, that the sure. MCU has done on Disney Plus. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like that's enough of our thoughts on that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so because I'd rather talk. I'd rather talk news so that we can get to Boba. Yes, but before we get to the full on news, Spider-Man keeps breaking records, man. <laughs> oh yeah, what's it at now? I haven't looked for for a little bit. So we're it's recording crass. this on January fourth. Uh, it's over six hundred million dollars domestically, I believe. And you're like a hundred million of that. Um, how many times have you gone? <laughs> um, here, let me count them real quick. Oh uh, my gosh, I've only gone twice, but I, I feel like I might do one more this weekend. I've watched it seven times. It's just tough if you're like traveling for holidays to like go to go to the theaters as well. 
It is. You're already, you're already risking yourself with enough. It's true. You know what really helps, though, for that? Um, quitting your job and having a week in between <laughs> where you have nothing to do before you that's, start your new job. You know, that's a really that's really good listener advice. Yeah. So if Spider-Man quit, releases yeah. a movie, go ahead and quit your job. Yeah. Then you have, like, one, two weeks, whatever, free for you to do what you want to do before you start off your new adventure. Plus, you have the two weeks, your last two weeks at your current company, which are kind of like senior year anyway. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but don't take our advice on it. All right. So what's your count? Seven. 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 Total. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And you're still going to go again? I'm I'm saving the eighth for us if we get to sit down and watch it together at some point. I'm not coming to New York. <laughs> Come on, what you what you so scared of Omicron? Come on. There's a new one out there now. <laughs> There's two new variants. <laughs> <laughs> what's it, what's it called? I hate you or something like that. You know what we should totally do though, and maybe tie it into to the pod. Um, Just record do, like, us a watch. watch. Yeah, like a watch party kind of thing. Or Can we do it where we have like our like our silhouettes at the screen, like they used to have with like the Muppets, right? Oh, that'd be or great. What? Where was that from? Tell no, me. it was like people who would like so like it was silhouettes who would watch a movie and like kind of make fun of it or something like that. I think it might have been the Muppets. I'm just not remembering it off the top of my head. All right. Well, give us the first piece of news while our producer checks up. <laughs> yeah. Um. We had the Harry Potter reunion special air uh, recently on HBO Max. Man, what were your emotions in that? Because I like was tearing up at parts, and then I was like catching myself smiling and like laughing along it was it had me in the feels yeah it was i think for me um it, it caught me most in the feels when um I'm, and i'm forgetting the actor's name who plays hagrid he he mentions this he he says this line of um you know, closer line. yeah yeah something about like the legacy of harry potter being in the future he's like i won't be here but hagrid still will be and i'm like yeah when he said that like in 50 years people are still going to be watching this i won't be here yeah that was so sad and also so true it's like this is definitely a franchise like i know we talked a lot about spider-man being like uh, like toby mcguire's being like our big influential movie series but i think harry potter was probably even bigger for me like i loved the spider-man stuff and i used to like imagine you know swinging around on trees in the suburbs but like Harry Potter, it was so much easier to be like to like pick up a stick and pretend to do spells and stuff like that. Yeah. Until the parents groups got involved. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember those PTA meetings at, at schools where <laughs> concerned parents would be like, We don't want these books in, in the in school libraries. Yeah, that was a weird time. Uh um, were you big into the books as well? Yeah, so I I read um I think up until Goblet of Fire. Uh and then you're like, not for me anymore. <laughs> well, it wasn't. <laughs> I didn't keep up with the movies all that much. I, I I did read the books. I just took about a two year hiatus before I continued okay. with the with the book reading. But uh, yeah, I I wasn't a huge huge fan of the movies. Not because I didn't like them. It was more so because I felt like I don't know. It just it, it didn't seem to kind of click with me. I I did. It would be a couple years after. Um, I think after like after they finished uh completely that it went back and and you know rewatched all of them and just kind of gained a bigger appreciation for them oh man this to me is like it's an old sweatshirt or sweater you know like 
I think the actress who plays Bellatrix said it. It's like this is a comfort movie. Like if you need to like, you know, have that warmth, have that security of like it's like a rainy day outside or something like that. It's so easy to just throw on and just rewatch. Um, but this is probably one of my like most rewatched uh, trilogy series type movies. What's your favorite out of the bunch? Out of the bunch? I like the earlier ones. I, I probably would say the first one. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with you. And the funny thing is, like, anybody else that I've said this to is like, no, you're nuts. The first one is not is one of the weakest ones. And I was like, well, I well, don't like, think so. Granted, yes, the magic spells and all the effects and everything gets so much better towards the end. And, like, when you rewatch the first one, it's like they didn't really even use magic at the school for wizards. But it was still, like, I think the – I forget who it was. Is it Columbus who directed the first two? Yeah. He had, a, he had a really good analysis in there that was, like, the first one is what welcomes you to the world. It's, like, meeting all the characters, explaining all the rules of magic and explaining the rules of, like, Quidditch and whatnot. It's, like, it's taking something that doesn't exist and making you feel like – Got it. it. It makes sense. And can I also just say the the soundtrack to the first movie is what oh. I think, you know, melded everything together and kind of helped to create this world. And, you know, who who better than, you know, the legendary John Williams composing your score to really set up the vibe for for, yeah. you know, world building there? Because like he, he did the same thing for Star Wars. You know, I, I think he did the Superman theme, who everybody still kind of hums to, right? Because that was like the first big superhero movie. But like, way to go to him to be like the one to establish kind of that environment. Because I feel like the music is kind of what sets up a lot of the the series, right? Like, it doesn't really have that big of an oomph without a really solid soundtrack, especially with these kinds of movies. Yeah, I love that they had this, and it was uh, it was nice to drop with the new year it was kind of sad that alan rickman isn't you know around and obviously there's a Gosh, you know, there were so many names. names that they honored there yeah oh man because alan rickman i feel like was one of those the big performers that was kind of a little bit undervalued at, at initial watch right but um professor snape was such a complex character at the end of the day that um you know he's definitely one of my favorites it's funny that he also picked up on it himself because they said like nobody knew where the books were being like where they were going with the characters and how it would end. But he like pride to find out. I, I think I need to know in order to portray this character better. It's like it, it's funny that like he could pick up on that so early. Yeah, and it's funny to look back on it now because like I remember watching Sorcerer's Stone for the first time. And I was like, oh, this guy's totally like the main villain. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And turns out the opposite. is It was uh, was a fact. Yeah, and even when he was like proven not the villain in that movie, you're still left thinking like, well, he's he's not a good guy. Which is yeah. such a good like it just lends to like how good he he did with acting there. Yeah. Um move, moving on to bitter news, I guess if 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 that's kind of <laughs> the case yeah. here, but Morbius <laughs> coming out this month, right? Um, Finally. Yeah, maybe don't hold your breath for it. <laughs> It's moving back again. All the way to when? I feel like it is a joke, right? April 1st? <laughs> when I saw that this morning, I, I, I thought it was a joke myself, too. I was like, no way. Like, I thought I caught, like, an Onions, like, the Onions headline or something like that, you know? 
Yeah, but lo and behold, April 1st is going to be a Friday this year. So, you know, I guess it makes sense. Get your sense. pranks out. Get your Morbius out. <laughs> Someone so, told Jared Leto. Is this the third time it's been moved, or does it just feel like that? Um, Officially, it's the third time. Unofficially, Jeez. it's supposed to be like the fourth or fifth time that it gets pushed. This is worse than Black Widow, I would say. It definitely is, but I also have to think that maybe after the reaction of No Way Home, that Sony's maybe double thinking what or triple thinking what they're going to be doing, right? Because they've been so villain focused that maybe like it's not quite a bit of a priority for them um, at the moment, seeing how popular Spider-Man is at the moment. That's to me is like it doesn't make sense. Like you could just keep riding the money wave, like keep people in the movie theaters from their perspective. I don't, but I, I I feel like they probably think this is a dud already, and that's why they don't feel so comfortable uh, with it. Well, yeah, it's gonna be a dud. It looks terrible, but like, <laughs> just get it over with. It's a loose tooth. Pull it. But also one thing, and this is so. This is something I didn't know about until like an hour before we started recording here tonight. But whoa, hot um, take. <laughs> this is this is fresh off the press. Fresh off the presses, guys. And um, this will probably get released like in a week. So I know <laughs> it might be old news by then. Go ahead. New old news for everybody. Um, no, so t- Toronto is shutting down for three weeks. Uh, that includes like theaters and stuff. And th- the reason why I thought it was significant is because um, Toronto is the third largest city in North America, right? And like obviously like pulls in quite a few. Uh, ticket sales whenever like a release like this comes along and europe has shut down uh for a bit like a number of different countries have shut down their theaters or have limited capacity on them wow um, and <laughs> i you know what no knows? let's not go there <laughs> i i do think that that's that's got a lot to do with it also right because like at the end of the day you know like th- this is you know every time we have a spike uh, this kind of reaction happens. And, you know, to me, honestly, like looking at, um, you know, and, and also just kind of like replaying our thoughts on on Morbius as a whole. Why not just go to iTunes and say, you know what? I'm releasing it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there. Um, just pay us the, I don't know, what is it, $20 for video on demand? They can't um, do uh, they can't do HBO. No, because that's not Sony doesn't only Warner Brothers has access to HBO Max. Well, but I would even like negotiate a deal with Disney and just say, hey, can you guys put this on Disney Plus for premium on demand or something? I just think that it's, you know, like you said, the iron is kind of hot right now. I feel like they probably would make more money with an at home release that's paid versus putting this in the theaters and you know, falling flat on their face a bit. Because let's be honest, I feel like the hype isn't there for that movie. The hype is hardly there. And if you wait another three months, I don't know if it's going to stay there. So, yeah, it, right. I would definitely go the route of just, you know, get it paid, paid at home. I've switched three jobs in between the first trailer <laughs> for this movie to now. <laughs> I don't know if that's something to brag about. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's how long this has been. Like, Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, it's been quite a trip at this point, so... Yeah, you can't just keep, you know, putting it off because eventually you're going to have a new movie that you want to, you know, get behind and have be really good. And you're going to still have this like on the back burner and you just need to like get it over with. Yeah, give us Clifford too. I'm I'm dying to see that. Come on. 
Clifford one was so great. It sets up the Clifford's entry into the Kaiju verse. So <laughs> I'm definitely hyped for that. Uh, I feel like you're not joking that you actually saw it. I did see Clifford. I'm not joking <laughs> about that. Um, ten uh, out of ten. Any, let, let's talk another movie that we both saw. Uh, Kingsman. The Secret Service. I don't actually know what the name is. So I can't, I can't <laughs> no, it's just the King's Man. I think. It's, it's uh, okay. Uh, what were your What were your thoughts on this? Oh boy. Um, I wanted to like it. <laughs> the trailer um, didn't look bad, and I feel like it got a, like some bad reviews. It it did, and I I tried to go into this with like no expectations because I feel like you yeah. know what like you know reviewers have been wrong <laughs> this a lot year recently yeah yeah well last year technically but um yeah I went into it you know the the cast looks really good you know and, and anytime I see Daniel Brühl on something I'm like all right we're, I'm I'm in for a bit of a treat probably but um. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I think the story, from a narrative perspective, was uh, was kind of weak uh, for me. There was a lot of plot holes in this that just didn't make much sense. Um, it really? matched the tone of the regular Kingsman series, but it just didn't quite live up to the narrative structure that it was. I know people like critiqued the second one uh, quite a bit, but I, I, I personally enjoyed it. Oh, I liked the second one, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one just kind of it, it didn't do it for me. There, there was just too, I don't know, like it, it, it didn't quite fit that Kingsman feel. Right. I was going to say that this doesn't have the, like it doesn't follow like the template of the first two Kingsmen where it's like the action sequences are, you know, kind of bloody and they're in slow motion and you can like dissect each part of the fight. And I really like those, uh, like that style of fighting. And I get that it's not, with modern weapons in this one, because it's like, how was the King's been formed? So they have a cool idea for a plot. Yeah. It, it felt like it also had a cast that they wanted to do too much with, that they ultimately didn't end up doing all that much with any of those characters at the end of the movie. though, like, is it kind of, it's kind of implied that they have more in the works for this era of the Kingsman franchise, right? Oh, I just got it more as like, here's how all those names were selected. Kind of like tying that, thread oh, okay i i, I kind of took it to me and like i mean i'm sure if this made enough money they could probably just be like yeah we'll make another one yeah but i don't think that that's the route that's gonna go i don't think it's gonna make money uh, honestly i'm not joking i was the only person in my theater for it like granted <laughs> it was a afternoon movie like early afternoon but it was on a weekend day and it was nobody in there it felt so awkward being the only person in a theater <laughs> I was, I thought I was the only one there, but there was another person um, yeah, in the theater with me. But when I checked in, you know, I told you this before the pod, but um, the uh, teller, I guess, or the usher, I don't, I don't know what you call <laughs> the, the ticket ticket, the, the guy that scans your tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he made a quick joke. He's like, "You're you're gonna go see Kingsman?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Why?" He's <laughs> like, "You're the first guy that I've seen." come in to see this movie i was like because i right, have a well, stubs membership and i i might as well use it yeah <laughs> yeah but he's like all right well if you change your mind and you want to go see far you know no way home again like there's still time i'm like all right thanks i'll take you up on your offer later but yeah uh yeah it, it wasn't a strong movie i i wouldn't say it's horrible 
Um, I've seen some reviews that are just like a little bit harsh, but it's just not. I don't know. Like it, it didn't. It's I, good, I not really great. Yeah, right, right, right. It's like if it was on HBO for free, I would watch it, but I wouldn't go to the theaters for it. Yeah, and this is one of those um, movies where I feel like, you know, looking at the home release strategy from HBO Max this year, like there's some that I I wish I could have seen in theaters, uh, like, you know, um, like Kong, (laughs) Godzilla versus Kong, that I, I, you know, I probably would have paid money to go see it. This is one of those where if I had the chance, um, you know, give me either the two scenarios here i'd stay at home and watch it from home yeah i agree all right that's plenty of news let's get into the reason we're here let's open the book chapter one the book of boba (laughs) this um can i just say something too like the, the the episode titles are always one of my favorite thing details to kind of pay attention to if you look at mandalorian and kind of like the I guess the uh, pattern, I guess, established. The title is either directly like the description of what's about to happen <laughs> in the episode, or it's very simple, right? Like very to the point. But Book of Boba is almost kind of like hinting at something a little bit grander with the with the with this episode title. So I honestly like I feel like whatever whoever is like coming up with these titles here like are they trying to kind of hint at something a little bit bigger down the road like i don't know but it just seems like the mandalorian's titles were a lot more simple one word kind of things whereas here it's not it just kind of breaks that pattern up a little bit it's kind (laughs) of biblical in the sense right because like it's more storytelling yeah so like just like the name implies like book of boba is like this is going to be like a a story to tell um I think it opens pretty strong for for a first episode. Uh, this is a character that everybody loves, everybody knows. Whether you're big into Star Wars or not, you respected like this guy had a jetpack. He he wore a cape. He flew around. He had a rocket launcher on his back. Like this is a cool guy. Uh, so I like that he gets his own series. It's coming off of the Mandalorian. The only thing I didn't like is that it's only 35 minutes. When I turned that on, I was like, no, not like this again. I don't want to do 30 minutes here, 45 there, another 30, an hour. Like, just give me straight, like, 50-minute episodes. Right. It was 50 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever whatever that timeline. It, it's got to be there. over 45. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be an hour. Like, And that, that's the thing is, like, these guys know what they're doing. Like, this is such a well-paced episode. The story is captivating the whole time. Um, I, they haven't really failed on like an episode yet, counting Mandalorian. So, I just wish they would just like, you know, what we want? We want a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really hope that by the time we, you know, the next season of Mando rolls around, that they kind of find that consistency there. Or if it's going to be thirty-five minutes or thirty minutes, fine, but. I don't know, like, maybe it's because the pacing was, you know, a little bit slower there. I felt like the beginning and end episodes of a season should be longer, you know, just to kind of set up and finish delivering on uh, the premise of the show. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is just an introduction episode, so I get it. It doesn't have to, you know, go over the top. 
Uh, and it definitely does like captivate your attention and, and get you interested in what the rest of the series will be. What do you think of the flashbacks that are in this show? Because I've heard a lot of criticisms with uh, the use of the flashbacks and the back tank. Yeah, let's get into the spoiler stuff here, uh, which we're a week past, so I'm, I'm sure it's already been watched. But I like the use of flashbacks. I mean, the Attack of Clone stuff was a fine intro. I don't really know if that served any purpose. Um, but I think it's important to weave, you know, the current plot that you want to tell him trying to be the new Jabba. And also some of those big question marks, like how did he get out of the Sarlacc pit? Like, what did he do once he got out? Um, so I, I like those where people say, where they didn't did that like stormtrooper come from? That's what I, that's the only thing I didn't understand because there was none at Jabba's. Uh, like send off for Luke and them, right? No, there was no stormtroopers on that sail barge, so I was a little confused as to how. And I didn't see a pauldron for me to think that maybe that's a sand trooper, you know. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that kind of confused me for a bit. But how about Pat and Oswald's prediction coming true? I what love what memes have done with this. I know. <laughs> I'm sure there's like subconsciously this was kind of intentional too because it plays beat for beat exactly as he described Boba Fett's intro into that hypothetical extreme crossover Marvel Star Wars <laughs> movie. Yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about, several years ago, many years ago, uh, Patton Oswalt did like a filibuster, uh, like cold open type scene in a Parks and Rec episode. And he's like describing what he would do with the trilogy uh, for for Star Wars. And he like opens up with Boba Fett's hand crawling out of the desert. So like it's funny that it, they put it in there like pretty much exactly what he was saying. <laughs> right from the pan down too. I, I'm sure I, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> if they didn't, that's like one heck of a coincidence, you know. No, um, you can't. You can't be that plugged into like the <laughs> entertainment business and be like, "Where have I heard this before?" But were you saying people weren't into the flashbacks? I've seen the fandom kind of divided mm-hmm. um, on social media, and like, I, like I'm, I've, I've looked at a few like different like Facebook groups where usually there's like a lot of chatter and conversation every time these uh, episodes come out. And like ha- for half of the um, of the audience, it looks like, you know, I'm seeing people saying, oh, it's slow paced. It's not it didn't have a big action piece to kind of grip you. Uh, they're comparing it what to you the, call that middle bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they're comparing it to the Grogu reveal at the end of the first episode of the first season of, of Mandalorian, where, you know, that was your big gotcha moment, right? Where, like, you kind of, you're hooked in and then now you're intrigued as to what happens, uh, what happens next. I don't think this needed that at all. Because, like, Boba's an established character. That's your hook, you know? Like, him crawling out of the Sarlacc pit is your hook. (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, with Mando, I feel like we needed it because he was a brand new character. We didn't really quite have him as an anchor to the world yet. Um... And so to set that shot up was great, fantastic. It worked for the series, but for Boba, like it's freaking Boba Fett. Like, <laughs> what other hook do you need? I, I totally agree, and I think that it's you know 
it's the mission that they want to accomplish. Like this series is clearly going to be about him trying to take over the throne and rule in a way that hasn't been ruled on Tatooine before. Like these are all things that are established and understood. Like you said, with Mandalorian, it's a brand new character. It's like you could go anywhere and that's clearly going to give you like having a Grogu moment is like that directs the plot in a way that you couldn't, you couldn't just write. Right. And I feel like this show in particular, like we have a lot to kind of sift through because that was one of our big questions from Mando season two, right? Was there's a bit of a setup, right? When, or I guess a bit of a setup for questions when you get introduced to Boba and that quick, almost post credit like scene in episode one of season two right. of Mandalorian, because it's it's established that it's been about six or seven years since Return of the Jedi. So for six or seven years, I think you and I talked about this when we were watching Mando season two, but like, what's he been doing? Like, why hasn't he gone after his armor in all that time then? Well, we're going to get our answers. It looks like through this uh, series of flashbacks that we've set up for the show. Um, yeah, that's the only thing is like, I'm worried about is like, how do you do six years of flashbacks, but you're probably only going to do like a couple months worth of current timeline. I you know? hope that the flashbacks are only like for another episode or two. And then we finally just kind of focus on the current stuff. Um, I feel like it could bog the series down a bit, but it's a good way for us to quickly, you know, get back, like get an update as to what happened during that time. But yeah, you're right. Like I, I, I do. I am concerned that they that may run through the whole season. And if that's the case, like I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather you tell me something in one or two lines of what happened versus, you know, getting too much of that. Right. Especially if it's only going to be like 35 minute episodes, you're going to be devoting a large percentage of not a lot of time. Do you think it was a woman that had him stay at the with the Tuscans for that long? Because I'm assuming he stayed with the Tuscans all that time. You think it was Annie's mom? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. No, I don't know what keeps him there, but he doesn't get his armor or anything out of that, right? Because the armor is no. recovered from the Jawas, but by that uh, that sheriff, right? Yeah, by oh my god, why am I? I'm blanking on his name. Oliphant. Cobb Vanth. Oh, that's his name. Yeah, by Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like I, we've we've established how he got it, so we kind of know, you know, you can we know the end point. Together. Yeah, right. Which like, which is cool because I like that we know the end point. It's just like we need the journey now. Yeah, and I, I guess that's the thing. Like some people may not be all that excited to see that journey. Like, I'd like to see it, sure, but I also feel like it's not entirely needed. Like, you can give me th- three or four flashbacks on it, and that's it. I'm good. Um, And I hope that's kind of what it is, but we'll see. Like, episode two premieres in a few days. Oh, tomorrow, right? So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see them. <laughs> a few hours, yeah. But um, I do like that they we get to see his, like, journey without the suit as well. It's kind of like an, you know, like an Iron Man moment or a Spider-Man moment where it's like, you you have to prove that you're still the hero without the suit. And he has these fights with the Jaw or with the with the Tuscan Raiders and then with that like sand beast that was eight armed and huge. 
Yeah, that was like something ripped out of Mortal Kombat right there. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that that surprised me because as soon as he got up, I was like, oh no, that's too brolic for Star Wars. <laughs> it was also like making the same squeals as uh some of those like uh monsters that were in attack of the clones as well oh yeah the uh the green one right in the genesis yeah. arena yeah the one that obi-wan fights yeah yeah you're right the accolade i think it's called all right it's weird that you know that i know too much of it. <laughs> look when it comes to star wars man like i've filled my that's brain up a, with too that's much that's a level knowledge. of detail that's like why did you just know that <laughs> <laughs> that thing was never named in the movie but it was in the visual dictionaries. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Listen, Who am I talking to right now? Listen, listen. We we set up this whole podcast where I was going to be the guy that knew True. too much. <laughs> I'm the common idiot. You're the guy who knows too much. We meet in the middle. I'm the uncommon moron. <laughs> we meet behind the fourth wall. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dude, real quick, Boba got his eyebrows back. One, but <laughs> yeah, the Bacta tank. Get me one of those. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say like, my God, like <laughs> I would sessions love to... in there. Dude, p- after work or after like a killer workout session or something, just go back into the Bacta tank. All right, neither of <laughs> us are two good. guys who have ever had a killer workout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I rest my case, but I do agree with you. After what a workout that kills us. <laughs> After yeah. trying to train for a 5K, but then unsuccessfully getting into. Well, it's because you don't have a tank or yeah, Gamorreans to like carry you to the tank. <laughs> Bra like a Gamorrean. Swole. Yeah. It is no, weird like, that they like they lost a lot of like you know fat on their chest. Yeah, they're really fit now. I guess. Well, their because... stomachs are their stomachs are still big, but it's like they can actually put their arms down, which is the thing that made them so funny yeah like, like i haven't seen a single fat gamorian and on this series and i'm kind of disappointed by it because i kind of want to see that again um because every time you think of gamorians in jabba's palace all you got from the original trilogy were these like chunky gamorians you know like running around with little axes kind of twiddling their arms back and forth <laughs> <laughs> their squeals their squeals yeah like you know, it's just now that I think of it, though, it doesn't make any sense for them to be super chunky if they're Jabba's enforcers, right? I feel like they were putting on sympathy weight so that Jabba didn't feel so bad. That's probably it. Like they probably oh, were carrying around big for us. Yeah, we we can't be like uber fit how we want to be in front of the boss. <laughs> that's that's my guess. They're like we can't we can't hit the gym while Jabba's around. Like that's not. That's not cool. You can't upstage your boss like that. But, well, speaking of them, and we're probably skipping around on timeline here a little bit, but the main, like, fight of this episode was in the, um, was, like, in the street where they kind of get surrounded. Where did the Gamorreans, like, disappear after walking out of that bar? Like, that, that to me is, like, I, I don't know if I trust them. I, uh, obviously, well, they came back to help, but why did they disappear in the first place? Uh, that's a good point. When I when I watched this episode for the second time, <laughs> I noticed that when it goes from the it's like a medium shot as Fennec and Boba are walking out of the bar, mm-hmm. you see them right behind them, and then it cuts to the it does like a little bit of a jump cut to a, a, a um establishing shot I guess or like a, a, basically a, a wider screen shot, 
and the Gamorians just disappear. Like they're not they're they're not there along with the people that were walking behind them. So it seems like an editing mistake. Um but even so, they didn't join the fight until after the you know, the splash yeah. damage was caused by Boba <laughs> and like they they took a few hits as well. I think from a narrative perspective, they probably were I don't know. This is just me speculating here, but I, I think they tried to maybe, or they thought there was no reference to the Gamorreans walking out with them at that point until after, because it, it it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't think there's a narrative reason for them not to, to not to show up. Uh, but who knows? Maybe maybe you're onto something there. I mean, it's probably nothing, but it is just odd that they were walking so closely on the way to the bar, but then far enough away that they can't join the fight immediately it was odd but it regardless of whatever that reading into that is that was a i enjoyed that action sequence so the people who are saying like there's not enough actions in action in this one it's an opening episode it doesn't have to be like a full fight the entire time and two i mean you have the the flashback fights but then you also have this one which it was exciting to watch new tech in in the star wars realm that we haven't seen before yeah, I don't think we've seen like a shield ray like that. Unless you're a Gungan. Yeah, well, th- didn't the Mandos have them in, in Clone Wars? They had like a very small version of a, a shield a shield ray. Mm, it's been a while. On their gauntlets? Yeah. I think so, yeah. But, right? Like they would deflect the shot with one and then with the other hand they take their pistol and shoot back. Right. It was also kind of you know, what kind of caught my attention though about that scene is like Boba had his jetpack on. Like, what's what's with this dude's aversion to just not simply flying out of there? Yeah, I mean, he's in this weird phase where like he doesn't want to fight anymore, but he also wants to be a crime boss. Like, my guy, you have to get your hands a little bit dirty to like earn some respect. You cannot be in this racket and like. Be like, ah, let's all just, you know, hold hands and just pay me up some money. Like, why? You're not offering protection. You're not offering anything right now. Yeah, he's he's clearly inexperienced in trying to, you know. Be a leader. Wrangle everybody in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Fennec gives him some solid advice on maybe don't spare all of your enemies. <laughs> yeah, you if they're going to disrespect you, you got to, like, you got to show some strength. Like the, like the, uh, the Mayor Domo character, he definitely needed to go. Yeah, that guy, was that Marty McFly, his dad? <laughs> um, I don't think so. It felt that way. But it sounded just like him. Yeah. I, He's a weird-looking character, though. He was. Did, did he take you out of it at all? or? It was It was weirdly placed, but I get what they're doing. It's like, you just got to show that like, not every you know, crime family is going to respect the leadership change. Well, I meant like um, his acting choices, I guess, like the accent, the kind of. Oh yeah, no, that that does take you out of it. It's like, okay, this is a this is a guy in a costume. It's not yeah, somebody in Star Wars. It was a little too much. Like I get what they were like this this whole series, like the whole hook of it, right? It's kind of like the Godfather in space kind of thing. Um, I just hope they don't play on those tropes too highly, because like, I don't know, some of those may be too un-Star Warsy. But, you know, in the defense of, like, the, you know, the makeup department, 
they did nail the Trandosian and the Rod- Rod- Rodian. The Rodian, yeah, yeah. They nailed they both of those on. guys. Those are not guys in costume. Those are, you know, those are what I saw on Clone Wars, right? They got true Trandoshans to represent the Trandoshans there. Now, did we we didn't see the Trandoshan, uh, what's his name, like Doc something, who came and paid like the, with the Wookiee's fur as his bound as his tribute. Boba said that was my old boss, but like we never saw him in Clone Wars or anything, right? Uh, not to my recollection, no. Okay, because I know we have seen, you know, that species in Clone Wars got its own arc. But I guess is there a single Trandoshan that's not involved in like the underground? Because like I don't think we've seen a good Trandoshan. <laughs> no, they're all yeah, they're all they've gone bad <laughs> as a, as as a collective. Right? Like, I'm waiting for a Jedi Trandoshan or something to pop up in, in, <laughs> in the canon. Just so I can be like, okay, they're not all crooks. Redemption arc, yeah. But he's actually wait. a bad guy. I do hope they bring in characters like Bosk, though, for that. Because, like, the, you know, the props to the makeup department there. Because, like, they definitely, you know, go out of their way to, to get these aliens to feel so real. Yeah, I would love to see that. Um there are this does and this does bring up a nice conversation too of what we had like pretty much immediately texted about right after watching it is like do we think we're gonna get some appearances from Clone Wars characters? Because if you look at like Mandalorian, you see that we got like uh, Bo-Katan and like her crew. There was somebody else Ahsoka. in there. Ahsoka, yeah, uh, yeah. So like, can we get somebody from there? It maybe doesn't have to be like a of that level. But I, I would like to see some people. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I'd love to see. Bosk isn't from Clone Wars, but like clearly, you know. Yeah, he was definitely from in. Oh, not from, but he was in it. Yeah, yeah. He like he was established. I'd like to see Hondo, like bring Hondo huh. into the series. The pirate. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. Like they didn't really talk at all, though, right? He, they did a little bit. Th- that arc where he. Pairs up with Aura Singh. It's Hondo that convinces Boba to do the honorable thing and and tell Plo Koon, the Jedi Master, what he needed to know about the hostages. Mm. Okay. Yeah, he and he's also a connection to his father because Hondo knew Django from those lines of dialogue in Clone, in that episode of Clone Wars. Uh, so it'd be a really cool thing to to revisit the character because clearly, you know, they have some connection through Django there. Okay. I could see that. Also, I think the, yeah, maybe, go ahead. Maybe the clone. I was going to say, yeah, this is a good introduction because Fennec is a nice um, nice way into, like, other characters as well. Like, we don't have to think about it just as, like, who does Boba know? Um, Fennec had a series of encounters with multiple different clones groups, right? Uh, not just in Clone Wars, but also in the recent seri- series Bad Batch. In the Bad Batch, yeah. Um did she interact with Captain Rex? I don't think she did. But basically, the the crew of the Bad Batch is... I wonder what they're up to at the moment. They've got to be alive if Captain Rex is during this timeline. Yeah, I mean, that's one I would love to see. I immediately went to, like, the good guys. Obviously, I would love to see, you know, other bounty hunters appear in this that we've seen before. But I, I really want, like, a live-action Bad Batch group or, like, Captain Rex or something like that. Or Omega. She'd be... Right at Boba's age at this point. That would be cool. Assuming she's alive. 
during this time. That would be really cool. Link up with somebody else, uh, somebody from Camino. You know who I really, really, really want to see. <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's always this like um, obsession. I, I guess yeah, with like who's the best bounty hunter, right? And it's always been acknowledged as Boba being the best bounty hunter. Um, and in canon, it was always like Django was the best bounty hunter until he died, and then it was Boba. But then after the introduction of Clone Wars, we got a third option there, which was Cad Bane, who played a yep. pretty big role. I would love to see a live-action Cad Bane square off with Boba Fett. Yeah, he reappeared in the Clone Wars series so many times, uh, and deservedly so. Like he he had some great arcs and just great single appearances as well. And Corey Burton's voice on him was just amazing. Like that voice is just so chilling. <laughs> yeah. He he's got that real like gunslinger uh aesthetic and you know, everything he does is which fits perfectly not just with Star Wars, but also kind of like with where I think this series is going. I feel like I mean, we we did predictions a lot at the beginning of our podcast, um with Mandalorian, and I feel like we should get back to that. May not have to be like bold predictions, but I feel like this is we're not going to get any sort of baby Yoda moment. We kind of talked about this before. Instead, I feel like this is just going to be more like a political type thriller mixed in with like some Western fights of like gunslinging, of like backstabbing and betrayals and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you're right. And it'll be interesting to kind of get all that, right? Because I don't think we've ever had a true. Like we've had westerns in Star Wars, right? Because that's the that's kind of like the general hook of the original trilogy, right? Uh, we've had fantasy in Star Wars. We haven't seen a gangster flick <laughs> in no. Star Wars. The closest was like Solo, but that isn't quite gangster. That was more of like heist. Well, let me posit one more thing here, as we're talking about Solo, or I I would hope, no, maybe hope is a strong word here, but I predict. That we may see uh, Amelia Clark's character come back into play here. I'd be, you know, sign me up. Say less. <laughs> <laughs> Bring her over here. <laughs> no, it makes That's sense, a, though, right? Yeah. I don't know why she would be on Tatooine. Maybe just, like, her organization could be brought back into it. The way that I kind of see it is um, there's a line, I think, in Clone Wars, the Clone Wars movie, maybe, where they talk about, Jabba ruling over Hut space, right? So it's multiple planets that he has this grip on. I wonder... Well, it wasn't just him. It was like a council of Huts. Right, but he was like the head guy, you know? I want the purple um, one to appear. <laughs> he's dead, isn't he? Zero in the Hut? Wait, that was a he? Yeah. Oh, man, I got to rewatch that series then. That changes everything. Yeah, he gets killed <laughs> by Jabba's dancer. What's the, the one with the big lips and the long snout i forgot her name i'm so happy that you had to say that it's <laughs> <laughs> nice no noodles? stop is it. that what it is stop it that's her uh, name yeah yeah let me confirm that with you yeah let me, let... i'm kidding but that would be a an interesting prediction it I, is size noodles i, just I have <laughs> zero confidence that that's gonna happen but I have a hundred percent like wish for it to happen. Well, I think it makes sense because at the end of Solo, she's taking over Crimson Dawn, right? From right, or I would I would assume right because at this point in the timeline, Darth Maul's long gone. 
she was the second in command. She would naturally take over for him after he's out of the picture. But more so than that, like that's a crime syndicate right there, it, and the, and the competitor to to Jabba. So if Boba is now the new head of that Hut clan, then you know it's only a matter of time before he has run a run in with Crimson Dawn and some of the other you know um, mob bosses, I guess. Yeah, Boba said it himself in this episode that there's like Jabba's uh, reign was pretty vast and it's going to take time to like visit with each place that owes him tribute. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a big footprint and will definitely attract attention. I kind of just feel like if this is a single season, like th- that might be like if there's like a second season to this. Because I feel like this first season is just going to have its hands busy with like trying to get all these groups on board with, uh, you know, let's rule by respect. And then there's obviously going to be betrayals from that. And then it's going to be, okay, well, now I can't rule with respect. I have to rule with fear. And it's going to be kind of like that, like uh, dealing with that. So I I don't think there's going to be enough time in this one season. Yeah. And it could be that the story is going a different way because I still like. Like I'll defer back to that interview with Kathleen Kennedy over the future of this of Star Wars, where she talked about how you know they're setting up a a a bigger storyline with what they're doing on Disney Plus. So if Mandalorian is kind of setting up this like battle for Mandalore, then I would have to figure that um, Boba would have to have some role in it in the future, right? Like I feel like that's what they're trying to do here is what the MCU did in theaters, but they're doing this on the Disney Plus scale. Mm. Maybe like I'm that, overthinking yeah. it a bit, but I feel like that's where they're going. But one thing I did want to note real quick, Tamora Morrison, man, he got quite back into shape. Um, I know there were a lot of people like making like side comments about, you know, his his weight and appearance and and Mando season two. I personally didn't, you know, the guy could knock me out seven times over. <laughs> um, he definitely like you you definitely do notice that he seems to be like in 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 prime shape here i don't know if i would call it prime he looked like he can toss me <laughs> over seven city blocks and not not drop a sweat i don't know if that's saying a lot though <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're unimpressive as it is <laughs> i mean he's a big dude he still fills out that boba suit a little too big but i do agree like <laughs> He he does still fit that role. Like he picks it up very easily. It he's the right voice for it. He's the right like when he takes the helmet off. He's he's got the right facial expressions. Um, I love the dynamic between him and the Tuscan Raiders. Like it's not the same as when Mando talks to him. Like Mando understands the language and like their their way of life. Boba doesn't get any of that, but he understands like the how power like dynamics work. Right, like he. He tried by force and that didn't work. And then he tried by like, all right, let me protect the, the chief's kid or whatever, like whatever that relationship was and earns the respect that way. Um, so he, he's got that like, like intuition for how to lead, but it's going to take him a couple attempts. Right. And I feel like that's what we're going to, yeah, I hope we'd see the, the full extent of that on the show. Um, he also does seem like a, a more honorable character than what I maybe initially thought before we started like kind of digging into his lore on these shows, right? Because uh, he was always established as like the 
very cruel and like cool um maybe nope. even heartless bounty hunter yeah 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 <laughs> like if you have to be told that you are the cruel guy <laughs> right and so you know go even going back to mando season two like this isn't that character this is he certainly fights brutally yeah when he has to turn it on he can but it's clearly a guy who's like at the end of a career just wants to you know rule in peace and not have to you know kill people to get there he's just a simple man making his way through the galaxy like oh his father my before gosh. him. that's perfect <laughs> and that's how we'll end it yeah <laughs> that's the trailer that's it but i am looking forward to to the episode tomorrow um and to see how the rest of the season turns out i am too and i'm also looking forward to using this new key art we have for <laughs> for the ep- for our episodes as we talk about you know boba uh the book of boba fett so yeah bye bye spider-man art <sighs> until until we meet again spider-man i'm pretty sure we'll be you know having some sort of spider-man artwork again in the future but <laughs> with, with the uh, rate that we talk about it i would that's a safe bet yeah Maybe another month or so. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get out of here, man. Uh, As always, thanks for listening. If you want to hit us up, you can hit us. uh, You can reach us at on Twitter at BT Fourth Wall, four being four th. Otherwise, thanks for thanks for listening.